You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Well, we are here, the last episode of the year, 2022. Episode 693, wow, just about 700 episodes in the past seven years. Amazing. Just incredible. I'm so happy to always be talking to you guys and keeping you in the know of everything with dating and relationships. And it's been crazy how the the dating landscape has been changing and seems to continue to change over the years just because of how men and women are, are acting differently, so to speak, and just the way that they are going at dating and the way that they're perceiving relationships. And it seems like a lot of people are are really coming to terms with what it means, at least for you, what it means to be a single man in this time of life. Because it's a lot different than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Every decade, it seems like there's big changes. So I'm just happy to be here to help you through this process. So thank you so much for being here, for sticking around. I really appreciate your questions that you send in. We've had hundreds of questions sent in throughout the course of the year. We have people who DM me on Instagram, who give me feedback and tell me how much they enjoy episodes. It's really great to hear that. And uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm grateful. I, I believe I, I'm just always grateful at the end of the year, as I look back and, and I review and I reflect on, on kind of what happened. So things that have happened in 2022 with the podcast, we've had a lot of interesting guests, great questions that you guys send in. I feel like that every year I do this podcast, it gets better and better. I say that because I don't know, I, I maybe it's intuition just feels that way. It just, with this podcast, it doesn't ever seem to go stale for me. I'm always excited to sit here and to talk to you guys because I'm not going to lie. When I'm doing other forms of content, when I do video content primarily, when I'm doing YouTube videos or TikToks or Reels, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's short form, right? I'm, I'm not talking as long on those as I, as I am here. So there's times when I feel I can't get as deep. And because of that, I have to stay surface level in a sense. And that's going to be changing here in a bit as I, as I create new types of videos. But I don't know, I guess what I'm trying to say here is there's something special when it comes to this podcast. It's always going to have a place in my heart. I just really, really enjoy it. So thank you, because when you listen and when you take action, meaning you you do all the advice that I give you here and you tell me how it worked for you, when you write in and tell me how things are, when you get the courses that I have, when you join coaching, I mean, all of it, it it just, it's great. I'm grateful because I get to continue to do what I do and what I do I love And so it's because of you. You keep it afloat. It's amazing. 
So yeah, that's 2022. I wish I had maybe more insights to say, but uh, I'll just say I enjoyed it. Personally, I'm currently recording this podcast from Megan's childhood bedroom because we're here right now for the holidays and then we're going to be off to Vegas to see my dad for his 70th birthday. We're going to surprise him. Luckily, he doesn't listen to the podcast or else the surprise would be done. And then we go to Tulum for a couple months, go to Austin for a couple months. So really deep into travel right now. As you probably already know, if you've been following me for a long time, the travel is just one of my passions. So it's great that we get to do that. And of course, what I do for work allows me to travel. I don't think that's an accident because I've been traveling for the past 15, 16 years, always going to new countries, traveling around the US. It's a blessing that I get to do it and still be able to record podcasts wherever I go. What else? 2022 was was interesting uh, because a lot of new types of content and opinions have come out this year on male versus female dynamics. I have opened my eyes to understand more about how women view their dating habits. And it's been interesting to learn as I see other people create content about how women view men and how they go about meeting men. And I've been commenting a lot about that. And I will continue to comment a lot about that. Some things I've been saying, I've had some people call me out saying things like sexist or misogynistic, things like that. And further from the truth, I, I love women. I absolutely do. I believe men and women should have all equal rights and opportunities. But at the same time, men and women are not the same. They are very different. If we all were the same, well, my job, my podcast, all this would not exist because it'd be pretty easy to understand. But they're not the same. And I think that it's important to learn those things. That's why I've highlighted a lot of that over the year. And like I said, I will continue to highlight because it's good to know what's going on in the mind of women and seeing their actions versus what they say. And at times I've had some women on the podcast, I've called them out for things that they've said due to double standards, things like that. So it's been interesting diving into that area and into that part of, of dating, so to speak, because I haven't really done much of that before. And I'm not the only one doing it. There's a lot of other people who have paved the way to have these conversations And it's been interesting to be a part of it. And I hope you've learned a lot and you're learning a lot along with me on this journey. With all that being said, I want to answer your questions now. You've been writing into me, trip at tripadvice.com. That's my email. You've been putting in the subject line podcast question and you've been really writing in some great questions this year. And I want to continue to answer them and be here for you through this process. So if you have a question, email me. Trip at tripadvice.com. Trip is with two P's if you don't know already. Let's dive in. This is from Lee. Dear Mr. Kramer, I'm a longtime listener of your podcast and want to firstly thank you for all that you publish for your listeners. I wanted to ask a question. 
I have a colleague at work whom I admire because of her character, temperament, and values. I can see some indicators of interest from her, and I think I would be able to get her on a date if I asked. However, I don't find her all that physically attractive. From your viewpoint, do you think I should ask her out? I'm wondering from a relationship and long-term happiness perspective, do you think I could learn to be attracted to her eventually or grow to be turned on by her looks? Kind regards, Lee. Lee, wow. I don't think I've really had that question before. Yes, questions about people at work and dating at work, but not this question about the fact that you don't find her physically attractive. So I'll tell you a little story. Many, many years ago, I was also in a relationship with a woman. I know you're not in a relationship yet, but I got into a relationship with a woman who I didn't find that physically attractive. I was more attracted to her personality and to her, I'm trying to think more specifically. Yeah, I guess her values, similar to what you said here, and her character. And I don't know. It was just, we just clicked. We just got along. I respected her. I thought she was just cool. I, of course, found her attractive. Was I insanely head over heels physically attracted to her? I wasn't. And so I'm sharing this story with you because that relationship, while it did end, I will say it didn't end because I wasn't physically attracted to her we did find out that we just didn't see eye to eye in a lot of things. And so the the relationship ended after a few years, but I found myself not really loving the, I mean, just layman's terms. I, I wasn't really loving the fact that I wasn't very physically attracted to her. And while her personality made up for it in so many ways, that's why I got into a relationship with her. It really didn't help the fact that I wasn't that physically attracted to her. And I believe that's an important part. And I don't think it's superficial at all. It's just, it's, it's human. It's human to be attracted to someone and like someone for the way they look. Now, I think it's superficial if you're only interested in that. Like if you're with a girl who just sucks, has a bad personality, doesn't respect you, you don't respect her but you're really physically attracted to her, that's not the person you should be in a relationship with. No, 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 no. I don't care how hot she is. I don't care if she's Instagram model or whatever it may be. It's not going to be for you. But at the same time, I believe the opposite as well. I don't think that you should be going into a relationship where you're not physically attracted to her. I think that it is going to have an expiration date on it. I think that's going to hurt your sex life if you're not physically attracted to them. I think that it's also a scarce mindset. The fact that you're with someone who only has personality, but doesn't have the looks that you're looking for. Why would you be with someone if they weren't the full package for you? Wouldn't it be better for you, Lee, if you were with someone who had character, temperament, and values that you admired, as you said, along with someone who was very attractive? Now, I know that you have a scarce mentality because this person's at your work. It's a colleague. So clearly, you're just going after women who are close to you. You're probably not doing much online dating. 
or maybe you are, but you're not doing any approaching or talking or meeting women in person. And so it's very obvious here, Lee, that you don't have many options in your life. So you're just putting yourself in a position to like a woman who doesn't have everything that you're looking for. So you asked from your point of view, do you think I should ask her out? No, for two reasons. Simply, she's a coworker and you don't want to get into a relationship with a coworker. And two, because you're not physically attracted to her. So you're doing yourself a disservice. I, this is going to sound obvious, but I just want to let you know, Lee, that it, it, it's pretty awesome when you're with the girl who's really physically attractive and her personality is really attractive. It's pretty awesome. So why would you not go for all of it? Now, I would even say the more important point here is that it is a colleague. And I'm adamant about the fact that you should not be going after a woman who works with you. Because if you guys break up, disaster. Whether you break up with her, she breaks up with you. So if it doesn't last, disaster. Your place of work now is going to be tarnished because she's there. Also, you don't want to get in trouble or doing anything that could potentially harm your career. So it's going to be a little shady or could be, depending on where you work, if you're going after a colleague. And if you try to go for her and she doesn't say yes, you get rejected that's also going to make work a disaster. So this is a no, no, no across the board. Guys, you all know that you want a woman who's beautiful inside and out. So don't settle for someone who only has half of that. I'll answer your last question. Do you think I could learn to be attracted to her eventually or grow to be turned on by her looks? Yeah, I think you can a little bit. I think you will get to know someone more and you might be turned on by her looks because you just know them so well and people become more attractive when you end up liking who they are and their character. But not by much. It doesn't grow too much. So be careful. Thanks for writing in, Lee. Joseph, you're next up. Hi, Trip. I'm trying online dating to meet women right now, and I feel like I'm stuck getting very few matches. I'm on Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, and Coffee Meets Bagel, and all four of those services are getting me no luck. I'm decently attractive. I consider myself to be a six. So I thought the problem was with my profile. Instead of spending money on the app upgrades, which I personally thought was a waste of money, I hired someone to revamp my profile. I'm curious why he didn't hire trip advice, but we'll continue. He took some new professional grade photos of me. Ah, I see. Okay. He's a photographer and created some more intriguing bios and prompts for my profile. Okay. He does a little bit more than that. However, after all of that work, I'm still not getting a lot of matches. Whenever I do get a match, usually 10 to 15 per month throughout the four services, that's pretty low. I always make a witty, interesting comment that would compel a match to respond, but they never respond back. Based on all of this, do you think I should have paid for the app upgrades? Thanks, Joseph. There's a lot of things that need to be done here, Joseph. First of all, I do believe in paying for all the app upgrades. 
if you want a killer dating life, like if you're really serious about your dating life and you want awesome results, you got to go all the way with it. This goes with anything, by the way. If there's a part of your life where you're like, I really want to see success here, you should be doing it all. You should be paying the money to get the upgrades and to buy the actual services of these companies. One reason being, and this is not factual, but there's been talk about this from people I've discussed this with who happen to potentially know about the algorithm that when you pay, you get put out there because they want you to pay. Ideally, they want people to pay. They are a business. So there's been talks that you do get bumped up when you pay. So yes, you should be paying for that. It's great that you invested into getting professional grade photos. Here's the thing. Sometimes you hire a photographer and they will do a better job than whatever you have, but it still might not be that great to really get great results. So you got to make sure you're finding the right photographer. By the way, here at TripAdvice, we have a coaching program that will make sure you hire the right photographer and we pick out the pictures for you. So there's no guessing. So you know, and we know that we are giving you the very best shot online with the best photos. And so my point being before is if you want success in this, you want to invest in that. You should be investing in coaching. You should be working with a stylist to make sure that you look your best. So yeah, things cost money. You need to invest. You need to put the time, effort, finances in to make sure you're having the best opportunity for success here. So you said you're decently attractive. I trust you on that. I think guys have a good idea of how they look. They know if they're attractive or not, generally speaking. The fact that you think you're a six, well, that's interesting because I don't think a six is decently attractive. I think like a seven or an eight is decently attractive. But either way, the problem is 100% your profile. It's everything. It's your profile, it's your prompts. The fact that you're not upgrading apps or upgrading the apps that you're working with. When it comes to online dating, the advice is generally pretty simple to get matches, okay? After matches, there are some things that you can do to get the women to respond to you and things like that and then move it to a date. Not too complicated stuff, but everything really comes down to your profile. Here's the reality, guys. You can make your profile the best it is and there's nothing else you can do. After that, it's out of your control. So that's why it's really important to get your profile as best as possible. And you, Joseph, might have to get new photos again. You might have to work with TripAdvice or work with another photographer to make sure you have the best photos because the profile is everything. I refuse to believe a guy like you who considers himself a six should just be able to get 10 to 15 matches per month. You should absolutely be able to get more than that. But with all this being said, you got to be going out and meeting women in person. Because I will tell you, every guy and their looks and how they fill out the profile because of how tall they are and what they do for a living and all the things that women are looking for in the apps, you're only going to have so much. 
by the way, I hate to sound pessimistic. This is, this is not what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to be negative here at all. I think that you can kill it on dating apps and most guys can do very well when they have the right profile. But all you can do is do your best there and then you need to be meeting women in person and not just rely on, on this because it can only take you so far. So with that being said, yeah, get the app upgrade, upgrades, try new professional photos, switch out photos that you have now to other new ones that hopefully you got from your photographer. And of course, you can always work with us at TripAdvice. If you go to tripadvicecoaching.com, we can help you with finding the best photographer in your city or other ones that we know that will fly to you. And then we'll be able to pick out the best photos for you from there and make sure that you're getting way more matches than 10 to 15 per month and actually getting dates from it. So those are my thoughts, Joseph. Hope that helps. Hope everyone else who listened learned a few things there. Let's go to Steven. Hey, Trip, love the podcast and your content. You are a godsend for men trying to get their dating lives together. I'm a 23-year-old man whom recently just got out of a year and a half relationship with my first real girlfriend. I've had relationships in the past but this was the first woman I ever built a deep connection with. The relationship was not toxic. The breakup was not caused by cheating or anything betrayal related. The breakup was not explosive and I would say we parted on good terms. I'm in no contact and do not have plans to break it. To get a better understanding of the whole situation, she was the one who ended the relationship. She wanted me to make more of an effort to connect with her family and put my guard down. As at times in the relationship, I distanced myself from her. Also, I was her first ever boyfriend and the man, she, and the first man she ever had slept with. My question is this. What advice do you have for all the young men out there to heal from a difficult heartbreak? And what are some things you would recommend to do to get back out there without the baggage, so to speak? Appreciate all that you do for men and the awesome content you put out weekly. Thanks, Stephen. Steven, my man, this is, uh, I appreciate your questions. I didn't think that your question was going to, was going to be about how to heal only because it sounded like it was not a bad breakup, but that's okay. We'll, uh, we'll dive into that. I I have some other thoughts as well. You know, the fact that you didn't make an effort to connect with her family, you weren't able to put your guard down. You distance yourself from her. So what happened there? That's something to look at. I'm, I'm, it's interesting, right? Like, I'm a little confused. The fact that you were distancing yourself from her, yet you're also trying to heal from the heartbreak. So what was going on there? Do you, did you not like her? Did you like her? What, what was going on there? Do you have avoidant attachment? You can do some research on that. Type that into your search engine. See what's going on there. But yeah, I didn't expect for you to have heartbreak here. But we'll answer your question, of course. So all the young men, how do you deal with heartbreak? Well, this is not just for the young men. This is for all the men. We're all deal dealing with heartbreak throughout our lives. And the baggage. Uh, listen, buddy, it's not baggage. Don't even label it as baggage. This is just life experiences. Baggage 
has a negative connotation and it doesn't need to be labeled as that. I mean, I don't know. Everyone has baggage then. And if everyone has baggage, then why would we even call it baggage? It just is. It's just, that's just life. Baggage is holding on to things that are really bad. So don't look at that as something that you're holding on to that's bad because it's not bad. It's a learning lesson. It's heartbreak. It's the human experience. So you're doing everything right so far. You're in no contact. You don't have plans to break it. It is the number one solution to getting over heartbreak. And the next in line is to get back out there and date again. I wouldn't date right away. I would heal a little bit and I would date yourself for a while. I know that's a funny buzz phrase, dating yourself, but I do believe in it. The relationship with yourself kind of gets lost when you get into a relationship. I think that's normal because you start to connect with someone and attach to someone. And when you're attached to someone, what happens is you start to create this new lifestyle that's not necessarily all about you anymore. So my advice is, Stephen, get back to you. Find the things that you enjoy. Find new things to enjoy. Get new hobbies. Get really into your career. Get really into working out and to personal development. Hang out with friends. Make new friends. You're young. Easy to make friends when you're young. It's a good thing to do. And also, I would recommend maybe seeing a therapist to talk about why your guard was up with her family, why you were feeling distanced from her. What was going on there, right? This is a time for you to heal and work on yourself, as you said here. So continue no contact, work on yourself for a month or two, then get back out there. And that's a general piece of advice in terms of time. Some people, it takes a couple weeks, to be honest. Some people, it takes several months. That's okay. Do what you can to start to heal from it. You'll know when you're healing from it, when you stop missing her. And that can take a little bit. But keep busy. Don't sulk. Don't sit around. Spend time with people. But also, learn how to be with yourself and enjoy your own company. So Stephen, I would start there. I hope that helps. All right, this one is from Jason. Hey, Trip, I'm a 32-year-old single dude living in foggy San Francisco. I've recently had two sober dates with a girl I met on Bumble. For date one, we went out for lunch and did some window shopping in a trendy neighborhood. Date number two was tennis, lunch, and checking out a sporting goods store. We've connected on shared lifestyles, fitness, and discussed family dynamics. She works in the mental health field, which is awesome and a huge green flag for me. But I've had a hard time gauging physical and sexual chemistry with this girl. I've never had back-to-back non-alcohol dates and haven't found a good time to plant a kiss. Wondering how you might implement some tension going forward or thoughts on a third date activity. Cheers and keep up the wonderful work producing content, Jason. All right, Jason, this is a great question. Okay, first of all, I don't love that date one was lunch and window shopping. I don't like that date two 
was an activity and lunch, it sounds to me like you have a friend. That's literally what I'm hearing here. And it makes sense too. Even if you didn't tell me that you didn't have physical and sexual chemistry, I would have guessed immediately because you're not really setting the best tone for there to build tension. So I want you to stay away, and I've I've been saying this for a while now to guys, stay away from doing any sort of lunch activity date for dates one to three. Why? Because it makes it easier for you to build tension. Now, I want to be careful here when I talk about some of this stuff. There is a little bit of a footnote here I want to mention. You see, when it comes to building tension, truly it it doesn't even matter. Like you can build tension at a lunch, during the day, at a tennis match, all that stuff. The reason why I'm just adamant against it is because I want to make this easier for you. Let's make the process easier. But could you have been able to build physical and sexual chemistry with this girl? Could you have found a good time to plant a kiss, even though there wasn't any alcohol? 110%. So it's all about how you're creating the actual interaction between you and the girl. So for example, let's say you guys were doing window shopping. You guys are walking next to each other. Lots of opportunities to touch. Lots of opportunities to break the touch barrier. You could have touched her shoulder. You could have put your arm around her for like two seconds as you were showing her something in the literal window. Maybe you guys were playing tennis and you teased her for something that she did when you guys were playing. So lots of opportunities. My guess is you're having a problem with building tension in general, no matter where the date is. Again, the best thing you could do is learn how to build the tension. The second best thing is make it easy on yourself to have a place in an environment where it's easy to do that, which is going to be what? Grabbing a drink on a first date, grabbing a dinner on a second date, two nighttime activities. If you don't drink alcohol, I'm not sure if you do or not, but if you don't, get a mocktail when you go on that date, when you guys are on that, at that bar or cocktail lounge, wherever. So you're asking, how might you implement some tension moving forward or thoughts on a third date activity? So real quick, I'll answer that question on third date. At this point, you guys have hung out enough. You can easily and absolutely ask her to come to your place for a third date and you'll make dinner. Either way, I want you to be asking for a third date dinner at your place. Even if the first two dates were, let's say, a drink on the first date and second date was dinner. Always good to invite her back to your place. What's cool about her coming back to your place on a third date is tension is just built in automatically. Think about that. She's at your place. The couch is right there. The bedroom is right there. What do people do when you like each other and you're inside of a home? So the tension is there. Again, I like the idea of having built-in tension and you use the environment for that. That's why I always say do a nighttime date, cocktail, first date, second date, dinner. I love the built-in tension. And then the tension that you create is always going to be through great eye contact, 
challenging her, teasing her, breaking the touch barrier from time to time, speaking in downward tonality, all the good things that that help build tension. So hope that helps, Jason. That's what I would do moving forward with her. I would absolutely make sure on that third date when she comes over to your place, you go for a kiss. And I want you to make sure that moving forward on the dates that you create the environments for tension and try to stay away from the lunch dates as much as you can. Jason, Stephen, Joseph, Lee, thank you all so much for writing in. If you have a question, write in to trip at tripadvice.com. Email me with your question. If you need more help and you need a one-on-one coach to get you to where you want to be, if you're finding it difficult to do this on your own, don't. Work with our team. We are the best in the world. We get guys results every single day and we love to work with you. So you can go to tripadvicecoaching.com to be able to learn more about how we can help you. And if you just want a quick question and answer on the podcast, we could do that as well. Email me and we'll speak to you very soon.